0: Welcome to Series 2 of my podcast, Stories of Unconscious Bias. I'm Smitha Tharoor. In Series 1, I had the great privilege of hearing stories of unconscious bias from some wonderful people about a wide range of topics. I laughed, cried and was moved in equal measure. I started this series because I wanted the listeners to realise that we are not alone. All of us have similar stories. They may not be the exact same, but when we hear them, We can hear the parallels in our lives. My speakers have all shared their learning and how they manage their unconscious biases, which is also a wonderful life lesson for us. Series two will follow the same style of interview. I hope you enjoy listening. Hello, everybody. I'd like to introduce Matt Henderson. Matt is originally from Scotland and lives in Yorkshire. With over 20 years experience as a community worker, Matt is currently working as a project manager for Bradford for Everyone, a UK government social integration pilot program. Matt has had some unusual experiences and I'm pleased that he has joined me to share his stories of unconscious bias. Welcome, Matt Henderson.
1: Uh, Hi Sumita. thanks very much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking to you today and discussing all these uh, interesting points. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> Great. So, I mean, first <laughs> off, the obvious one, these two words, unconscious bias. So what do you understand by that, Matt? Unconscious bias, what, what do you make of those two words?
1: So for me, I think uh, all, all of us have uh, some degree of prejudice and some, some, some degree of bias within us. Uh, and and a lot of that is probably unconscious. Think, things that we've learned uh, over over a period of time. You know, learned learned behaviors, things that things that we've picked up maybe through through media or education, through our upbringing. But things that are are not necessarily obvious or or sort of known or or consciously sort of. Uh, that, that we think about that, that give us bias, but thing, things that are there in the background that we've learned you know, over, over a period of time. Which, so some, something along those lines, that's, that's my understanding of unconscious bias. Oh,
0: no, I, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, all, of, all of what you've said is, is uh, in my opinion, completely right, because it is about upbringing and it is about the influences and the experiences you have. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, the whole business of unconscious, unconscious means you, you don't know that these experiences that you've had are, are influencing you in one way or another. And so sure. I think that that makes it um, completely valid what you just said. But just to continue on that on that yeah. Um, yeah. path of of experiences and stories, I wonder whether you can kind of expand on that when you when you were talking about uh, childhood or wherever else, and and now with with the benefit of hindsight, you realise that perhaps mm. then you had an unconscious bias.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh... I mean, I've and like you say, you know, I've been working in a, as a, as a community worker for for twenty years now, and uh, you know, worked worked with a lot of people during that time. You know, when I look when I look back over that, and you know, what I thought or believed, in the, the interactions I had with people, I can definitely look back and see, you know, biases that I've had myself, and and you know, the way that I've approached things, or. You know things I've tried to to uh, counteract or 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 change because I've rec- I've I've probably not been unconscious. I've recognised you know sort of biases that I have, and that that definitely comes you know probably from my from my upbringing. I grew up and like you said I grew up in Scotland. You know, and I live in Bradford now. And uh, where 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 I grew up in Bradford was uh, a very different community to where I am now. It was uh, a very affluent uh, small town up in Scotland called called St Andrews. And uh, the the di- the the people living there, the diversity of people living there is, is is a lot lower than where I am now. I mean, but in terms of you know working with people, and certainly in terms of uh, sort of social class and things like that, it's a lot different to what what I've experienced in my career. You know, and the last the last place I worked up in Scotland was up in Angus, which was a very rural rural area, and the issues we were kind of working with in terms of community was kind of rural poverty and. Uh, working with uh, people living in small sort of uh, communities and farming communities and things like that. So to now now work in a big city and a big district like Bradford, where there's a lot, lot of diversity, uh, there's a lot of different issues in terms of poverty, uh, and meeting people from a lot of different backgrounds, you, you know, and learning a lot more about different communities, you know, especially people of different racial backgrounds to me, uh, learning about different religious communities and, and all the mixes Within those communities, you know, I can look back and over time, you know, see a lot of uh, a lot of change in my own thinking and understanding of other people. But 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 looking back, you know, I can I can see, you know, the, the way my upbringing was, you know, up in Scotland, the education, the sort of surroundings I had, you know, definitely ingrained a lot of unconscious bias within me. You know, I'm happy that I've been able to, I think, you know, meeting meeting lots of different people and travelling a lot in my life has helped me to to understand people. A lot better and understand myself and 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 my and my sort of bias I've learned over time. You know, as 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 a as a white person growing up in an affluent part of Scotland. You know, I've had I've had a lot of that.
0: That's fascinating because I mean, especially for those of us who perhaps uh, don't know Bradford or Saint Andrews. Um, you've mm-hmm. mentioned, of course, that St mm-hmm. Andrews is, is, is a white affluent place. Mm-hmm. But for those of us who don't know Bradford, Bradford is extremely mm-hmm. diverse, you've said, but has mm-hmm. a very large Pakistani community. Is that correct?
1: That, that's right. There's a big uh, there's a big Asian community as a whole in Bradford. And I think maybe I mean, I'm, I think more, more than 30 percent of the of the district is Asian and a, and a massive proportion of that is uh, Pakistani, Asian, uh, Muslim community. So that has a big uh, influence within the district. That's very diverse within itself as well, which is which is something I'm learning a lot about living and working here for the last sort of ten years or so.
0: Fascinating. And so here you are, this this um, privileged white um, yeah. middle class um, mm-hmm. St Andrews Scottish young man arriving mm-hmm. in Bradford, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is uh, which is extremely diverse. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of South Asians, are predominantly Muslim and Pakistani mm-hmm. and so in, yeah. in understanding it and and maybe exploring more about cultures and religions tell me a little bit more about your experiences in that regard.
1: I've also uh, enjoyed traveling, so I've traveled a lot around uh, different countries, uh, traveled in India, I've traveled in Iran, other places in, in Asia and or in, and around the world so I did have some, some uh, learning and understanding about communities that come from Asia or Muslim Muslim countries, but coming to coming to Bradford from where I was working before in Angus with a big change and seeing a big uh, learning. I definitely had a more sort of generic or sort of uh, view or or opinion of of uh, Asian community or Pakistani community as a whole. But getting to know, making many friends and colleagues uh, over over a long period of time and getting to know them, uh, their life, their background, you know. It's sort of uh, sort of reaffirmed the 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 obvious that in me, you know, that you can't sort of be uh, you can't sort of generalise. Ev- everybody is different, even within a even within a whole. If we're talking about a whole community, so everyone's got a different experience of being a Muslim, uh, different opinions on Islam and how that's uh, sort of practiced or how they they choose to practice it, and you know, been able to visit a lot of uh, different mosques, a different different learn about different approaches to how people practice their religion so uh, and you know I've enjoyed that and, and understanding that and sort of comparing it and understanding it in terms of my own faith as well Um uh, so I did have some understanding of that before before I came to Bradford but actually living it uh, on a day-to-day sort of uh, basis has help, helped me understand that and also you know learning I mean I've got so so many friends from Pakistani origin that you know I feel like you know, it's I have to go and visit Pakistan, and under under you know th- this country has sort of become part of my 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 sort of life, and so, somewhere that you know I really want to to understand more. But just it's uh, so 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 many positive experiences of uh, being welcomed and sort of that, uh, that 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 sort of togetherness that there is in Bradford with the Asian community, and being invited round, you know, for going out for food or family occasions or celebrations it's been you know that's been a real privilege for me to to get to take part in those things to to actually celebrate uh Eid with people over the years where I've been in Bradford or go to Iftars or you know learn 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 more from people that you know l- you, you know are part of that community They've re- it's really made me you know me feel part of that community as well and uh, you know it's been 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 an amazing journey that I'm still on
0: what does that look like now though because I mean you've you've um, you talk about iftar and 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 so on, mm. but I think most recently I think you you made a decision to to explore mm. and understand uh, your friendship even further. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Mm. So yeah, every every year you know live, living here every year I sit, you know I go to iftars uh, with people invite me around to to open fast and also. You know, in, in the end of the day, celebrate Eid at the end of Ramadan every year. I'm saying, oh, next year I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast. So this this year I made the decision that I was I was going to fast for the full 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 time of Ramadan for all, all 30 days. So so when when I took iftar and I uh, celebrated Eid at the end or celebrated the end of Ramadan in my in my own way, you know, I'd actually taken part in the whole thing. So I fasted for the full full 30 days which was uh an an amazing experience for me a real salt learning and i've got to experience what people people go through while they're fasting you know when people when now now i feel a bit more qualified to you know join that conversation and when i hear people talking about their experiences i can i've got my own lived experience of that so i can i can join in so um, i really uh, understand a lot more what people go through when they're when they're fasting the the reasons that they do that as well. I mean, I guess one of the things I I always thought was uh, fasting sounded like a real a real hardship to me, or or a real burden. Somebody that was Muslim uh, might might see think, oh, Ramadan's coming up and I've got to fast for 30 days, and see that as uh, you you know something that they might want to avoid or get out of almost. You you, you know, I think I can't imagine somebody fasting for 30 days and enjoying it. But, you know, having taken part of it, it's, I don't see it like that at all now. I see it as more of a, you know, something to look forward to and uh, appreciate and re- really enjoy in lots of many different ways. And, you know, fasting myself when it's coming near in the end, I was almost thinking, you know, I, I don't I don't want to stop this and I'm going to miss miss doing this. I've gotten to a, a much better routine in my life here, much more reflective and uh, connected uh, routine. And when it did finish, you know, I did feel like something was missing. Uh, you know, so I see it as a much more of a not 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 a hardship or 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 a sacrifice, but more of something to look forward to and appreciate. And I can understand why people people really enjoy that. I mean, every, every day you wake up in the morning and you know you're going to be fasting all day, and you know you've got something to look forward to later on when the sunset. You 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 check the time what sunset's going to be. What time you're going to open your fast, and you, you look forward to that throughout the day, and you, you're much more mindful of what you're doing during the day, and you really you really um, you you really appreciate the things around you. And then when you do open fast, and you get to you know drink some water for the first time that day, you really appreciate that. It's really a uplifting experience every day. That sort of uh, which sort of helps you, and <clears throat> it gives you a lot of purpose and focus, which really helps with your mental well-being.
0: That's so. How? Uh, thank you, mm. Matt, for for sharing mm. that that experience. Because here mm. is, uh, I'm slightly mm. paraphrasing, but here is this white Christian yes. man from Scotland, mm. uh, sitting mm. in Bradford, and making a decision mm. to try and understand for your own self what that feels like, because you have so many Muslim friends. And, and you live yeah. 30 days uh, alongside mm-hmm. your friends, mm-hmm. and you know, and, mm-hmm. and break your fast and leave alongside your friends. And that is that is an <coughs> extremely powerful learning, because mm-hmm. what you were mm-hmm. saying is, is, I'm sure, mm-hmm. relevant to many of us who are listening to this conversation, that mm-hmm. those of us who are not Muslim and who don't fast for Ramadan will may not will may uh, think, oh gosh, these poor Muslims they have to it's going to be such a struggle how do they manage mm-hmm. and it's so hot and they mm-hmm. can't even drink water XYZ all mm-hmm. the kind of things. Mm-hmm. and these are our unconscious biases as you've correctly said mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. you would too have had the same unconscious bias which of course you no longer do because you know what it feels like. Tell us a little <coughs> bit more about these experiences mm-hmm. Matt perhaps before you even mm-hmm. chose to, to to fast or, or mm-hmm. while you were fasting anything, that you've learned from that, other than what you've already shared.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the the spiritual, the the spiritual side of it is, you, you know, one side of it in terms of it being being part of a religion, and uh, myself being a being a Christian, you know, that 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 gave me a lot to think about in terms of why why I'm fasting as well, and. Uh, Made me think about how, how other people might have viewed that as well. You know why why I mean I I chose to become a, a Christian myself late late later, later in my life. You know I wasn't brought up brought up in that way, but something you know I've always had a had a sort of connection. You know in terms of wanting to follow religion or spirituality. I wondered what you know people in the Christian community might view. You know why why I would be fasting and if you know also if I'd decided you know to to become Muslim or was exploring that and how that how that would make them how that would make them feel. I, I thought they might be a bit su- suspicious or thinking you know that I'd I was uh, moving away from my own religion but, but you know what what, what I th- find was that people didn't really didn't really view or think like that at all. I find a lot of Christians celebrate uh, Ramadan and Eid and, and, and support their Muslim friends and colleagues and in solidarity with that we did a joint fundraising initiative together called, called Fasting Friday, and a lot of people from different faiths, uh, no faiths, other Christians, you know, were taking part in that. And we also had uh, an online open iftar where we had uh, the, the Bradford Bishop, Bishop Toby Howarth, uh, gave a blessing at that. So it was really great to see, you know, you could op- openly join in with Ramadan and experience that and support your Muslim uh, brothers and sisters you you know in, in another faith and it, it really really brought people together in that so it was good to uh, there, w- there was that side of it in terms of uh, the sort of spiritual side of it and, and that the people's unconscious bias how they might view somebody taking part in Ramadan as well you know I wouldn't want you know certain members of the community might jump on things like this to take it in a negative sense but I saw I saw a lot of solidarity and a lot of positives and a lot of uh, to, Togetherness to in that this this Ramadan because it's COVID period and uh, people are uh, staying at home and people are self isolating and the social distancing there's less less interactions with other people there. They're fasting at the same time, so less less uh, chance to to talk to people about that apart from obviously you know over the phone or or or, or online conferencing in some way. But I, I was out and about you know going to the shops and things like that and. Uh, taking part in things like uh, food parcel distribution with 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 the Muslim community. So I was able to chat to people a lot about, you know, how they were feeling. And um, it was good to to understand that because people seem to have a lot of different uh, physical experiences to it in terms of how it affected them. A lot of people, you know, had heard, you know, the first few days are the hardest. And I, th- I think that's because you're adjusting to... Uh, dehydration because then in, in this fast you don't you don't drink any fluids either you don't drink any water you don't you don't take anything so your body obviously adjusts to drinking after sunset and hydrating that way rather than throughout the day uh, the first few days were quite hard in terms of people talk about headaches and things like that and uh, the first the first couple of days I did experience that and uh, but quickly, your body adjusts, and uh, and for the rest of my fast, I didn't experience anything like that. Because in in the evening, I would drink uh, two litres of water, and that would keep me hydrated. Really, I felt for the next then the next day when I'd be fasting. But uh, I was out, and people were talking about you know how they how they felt. I was in the, the supermarket, uh, and I was waiting in the queue, and the the man that was uh, serving uh, at the counter was dressed in quite a lot of clothing he had. They seemed to have a jumper on and a fleece over that as well. And it was a really hot day. Yeah, I mean, I was wearing uh, shorts and T-shirt and uh, I was waiting in the queue and people were chatting to him as they were buying their shopping. And he was, uh, they were saying, why are you not, uh, are you not roasting in that? You know, you're sitting here, you know, there's a big, big sheet of glass with the sun beating through on them, thinking he must be, he must be roasting. But it was it was interesting. Listening to him, and he was saying that his body uh, cools a lot when he fasts, and uh, cools down a lot. He feels cold, and uh, that's why he was wearing clothing. said so he didn't feel hot; he felt felt cold. And uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't feel cold. But uh, I was thinking that's interesting. You know, the different experiences people have, or the, or the, or the the effects on their body. But also, you know, in in these situations, I didn't, I didn't choose to disclose. You know, that I was fasting or not fasting. Yeah, I was just sort of listening and interacting with the conversation. It's interesting that other, you know, that other people would assume that other people aren't fasting or aren't Muslim or aren't aren't taking taking part in fast. I mean, these are the kind of interactions I was just having out, out in supermarkets. But I was wait, waiting in the queue again. You know, we're standing two two meters behind each other, waiting in these new queues that they have in in supermarkets with the with the sort of new normal that we've got. <clears throat> the lady in front of me was, uh, you know, you sort of get to chat while you're waiting because you're there a long time. And she was uh, explaining to me that she was fasting. And uh, I decided, you know, at that point, you know, I was going to say I was fasting. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fasting as well. And she was uh, sort of looked at me and was really shocked. And uh, and uh, to, to sort of look at me and, and said, well, wh- why would you be fasting? What what, what are you fasting for? Uh, you know, I explained, you know, that I was uh, the reasons, like I explained at the start of this call, this conversation. And, uh but she, she, she was really shocked and she, she would never have, have crossed, They seemed to have never crossed her mind that I'd be fasting. So I guess I could sort of see a bit of unconscious bias on other people's sides because, uh, you know, I think what 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 I know now is and what a lot of people talk about, you know, you can be a Muslim, you could be white, you could be Asian, you could be black, you could be from any any type of background, you know, it's a religion like other religions where you could choose to to become a Muslim and follow that religion. So people have a lot of uh you, you you know make a lot of assumptions you know on on what what a muslim looks like so it was it was a lot of real interesting interactions with people on their experiences and what they thought muslim bradford might look like or how it was affecting them spiritually or why they were doing that or how it was affecting them on a day-to-day basis but it's given me a lot to join that conversation and say well this is my experience and and share share some part of that.
0: That's just so powerful, Matt, because if we think about what you've just said, I mean there are so <coughs> many different mm. different things that I've taken away from mm. this whole idea mm. of unconscious bias. Mm. I mean, firstly, mm. that the fact that you being white and Christian and mm. And, and, mm. And, and and choosing to fast and then mm. other people People's reactions to you, like the, the the lady sitting standing in front of you in the queue, looking at you in your shorts and T-shirt, wondering, what on earth, why is he fasting, what's that about? Plus your own understanding of how you could be perceived when you might say that you're fasting. Also your worries that maybe the Christian community might think you odd, which fortunately that was not the case. So there are just so many different layers here that you have you've kind of explained to us, which for which I really appreciate. Because you've, you've explained the, as, the aspect of... Different religious groups, uh, mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. ethnicities, and how people mm-hmm. can view each other, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is so much a ve- you know, this is so much an important aspect of what you and I know as unconscious bias, because what mm-hmm. we often do, this, is, this has been uh, uh, researched a, a long time ago in the seventies. Two people, Andre Tajfel and John Turner, um, mm-hmm. did some research on what we now know as social identity theory, uh, mm-hmm. and that is essentially what you are talking about, because. What we do in modern society is we instinctively, unconsciously, we categorize, we identify, mm-hmm. and then without meaning to, we compare. So, for example, you could um, categorize yourself as this white Scottish man, um, mm-hmm. white Scottish Christian man, let's let's mm-hmm. put that mm-hmm. into a category. You identify as that. And then you might say, actually, so I know what I'm about, and I know that I, I, I can make assumptions about... The, the Pakistani Muslim man mm-hmm. who's my next door neighbor because I know mm-hmm. better than they do because I am who I am. And mm-hmm. the same people will do the same to you. So yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense, but this whole idea of us going into groups, that's and what you have done is broken that group. Because each of us feels safe in our own. You know, we all feel safe in what's comfortable to us. Mm. All the mm-hmm. Pakistanis together, all the Scots people mm. together, all the, mm. uh, I don't know, the Bangladeshis together, whatever you yeah. like. Yeah. Um, and we all create our own groups. And then we know mm-hmm. we speak the same language. We eat the same food. We practice the same religion. Great. Nice, safe place. And what yeah. you have co- chosen to deliberately do is not stay in that safe place, which is such an easy way of living, isn't it? You've mm-hmm. broken that and you've consciously gone out into mm-hmm. places that you don't know much about because you want to explore and learn more. And I find that mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. fascinating because not mm-hmm. many people do that. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing your stories with us. Yeah. So yeah. what that else is... can you can you tell us? Sorry, go ahead.
1: You know, I can uh, really understand and uh, identify with a lot of what you were just talking about there and that, that kind of the way that we behave. And it's nice to, you know... Have an identity and 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 stay stay within that. You can sort of feel worried about uh, you, you know changing that or or giving some of that away to you you know change and, and mix with another another group or another identity. But uh, you know what I felt was uh, I felt really part of something when I was taking part in in Ramadan. Like, like I said, in the past, I've I've benefited from the nice things like celebrating Eid or iftar, but I haven't taken part in the fasting. But this year, because I was taking part in the fasting, I really felt part of something. Uh, all the interactions I had with people when I was out taking part in food parcel delivery or fasting Friday and all the Muslims taking part in that, I could uh, share with them. And 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 I felt really part of that. I was getting encouragement. I was getting calls, text messages, things like that. People asking me how I was getting on. And it was really nice to be a part of that group. People were... Uh, shopping food off at my door for me, making sure I had something to open my fast, th- th- things like that. But then there, there, there's, uh, I don't know, there's something about uh, if you have an identity, you know, you almost want to protect the integrity of that. So, uh, and you want to protect the integrity of other other people's identity as well and respect that as well. So I wasn't wanting to to have um, my taking part in in uh, a fast anything like uh, for want of a better word, something like anything like a publicity stunt or anything like that. It was, you know, it was a genuine, sincere uh, desire to take part in that and, and have that experience in, in that without uh, giving up any of my own identity, but sharing that uh, ex- experience with others. And that, that I think that's quite quite a quite a challenge to do because you're obviously not wanting to jeopardise. Or uh, take anything away from from the community that you might see yourself part of. Let's say you know, like if we're talking about one religious community, to you know fully take part in you know practices from another another religious community. But because what I saw was uh, people from all religions celebrating Ramadan and uh, you know really being in solidarity with uh, with the with the community going through that. But I think the solidarity side of things in terms of it's recognizing that. At this time, while we're going through COVID, while we're socially isolating, people are not able to visit their families as normal, and uh, you know they're celebrating a major uh, religious uh, period and occasion. We wanted to 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 join in with that. I think that's a great thing in Bradford. All all these uh, all these festivals are celebrated as a, as one one big community, as, as a district, and everyone can take part in those. And celebrate them wholeheartedly, while while maintaining their own kind of identity and, and and you y- you know their own their own their own beliefs. Before I used to, in, a pre- in my previous job here, I had a lot of students, and the majority of my Christmas cards and presents and things came from people in the Muslim community or other religious communities because they would they'd be happy that I was celebrating Christmas and it was that that that, that kind of period. Just like I would be, want to celebrate Eid or Ramadan with them. So people. What I find is people like to learn about other other communities and uh, enjoy and celebrate, while also maintaining, you know, who they are as well. So, I think uh, living in such a diverse community like Bradford, where there's there's a there's a lot of different races or people from different backgrounds, social classes, or people from all sorts of different backgrounds. You know, we're talking about the LGBTQ plus community. You know, we do a lot of work on diversity, but in terms of there's a lot of religions in in Bradford and every cell every festival gets celebrated and full and there's opportunity to join in and and learn so you know if i ever if i ever you know move away from bradford which i hope i don't you know i'll I'll really miss that if i I move to a community where there weren't people celebrating Mm. Eid or ramadan because uh, i wouldn't have the opportunity to celebrate that with them
0: there is such a charming heartwarming wonderful story that you're that you're Mm. sharing with us matt and i really Mm. appreciate it so any lessons that you've taken away? Anything that you would like to share? I mean, you've told us a lot that you've already learned, but any other thing that you would like to add? Any top tips from your experiences? Of uh, how do we manage our unconscious biases? Because we may choose not to, to learn ex- have these experiences of fasting and so on, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have unconscious biases. Mm, so how mm. do we overcome these? What, how do you overcome them?
1: I mean, learning is the the, the, the best way to overcome them. And one of the best ways to learn, I think, is by experiencing things yourself. So, you know, if you were deciding to fast during Ramadan and go for the full 30 days or even one day, you would get a lot of support from the Muslim community. You'd get a lot of, you'd be welcomed into that. And, and the wider community that's not Muslim, you, you'd, you'd find yourself being part of a really nice experience where you'd feel part of something. So you wouldn't have to, have to, you know, be concerned in that you you really be in it together with someone else. You get a lot of support. And from 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 my experience doing it, I would say uh you know, once you get into a routine, that that that's what it's all about. Once you get into a routine, then it is uh it's it's manageable. But what I've realized is that everyone has has different experiences. Some people find the first few days harder, some people find the last few days harder, which which I did once once I knew that um uh, I was going to be finishing. Uh, and the the end was in sight, so to speak. You know, I find in the days were getting a bit longer, the sunset was getting a bit later. I started to feel a bit more, <clears throat> I, I find find it a bit more harder, I guess. But uh, I would just say get 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 into a routine and and and, uh, and enjoy the experience. Stay stay in the moment as well. It really teaches you to stay in the moment and reflect and and be mindful. And like I said uh, earlier in this conversation, you know, it's very good for your mental well being in terms of having a goal each day and a focus and a purpose, it really helps you to centre yourself. And uh, certainly at the end of the experience, I would, I would say you're going to miss it. So what I would uh, recommend people do, which I didn't do actually, is uh, to keep a diary throughout the, throughout the experiences of of your feelings. Because when I came to write it up afterwards, it's obviously a little bit harder that I've not been writing uh, about it throughout, but, uh, you know, there's always next year. You can always that's the you can always do it again next year and you know but your first time doing it, me as a as a conscious adult taking part in it, uh, I was able to really, really enjoy it. When I hear people talking about Ramadan coming up now, I won't I won't feel like oh, that's that's going to be a tough time for you fasting through that month. I'll think, Wow, you're you're about to go through a really amazing experience and you're going to really enjoy that and uh you know i want to take part in that again and, and celebrate with you
0: it's so very delightful to hear you saying all of this and not just the whole experience that you've shared with us but also about this wonderful city bradford and the mm. people of bradford and for those of you who have mm. not been there uh you know mm. we all of us will be visualizing this wonderful warm supportive uh, city of mm. bradford and i know it's a very mm. beautiful city as well mm. Mm. matt matt henderson thank you so very much for sharing your stories and mm-hmm. for for explaining to us your wonderful experiences uh, of Ramadan, of uh, reflection, and of understanding the world at large, thank mm-hmm. you again, Matt.
1: Th- thank you so much, Vita, for giving me the time to talk about it, and uh, you know, record this Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to my podcast, Stories of Unconscious Bias. If you enjoyed hearing this episode, do tune in every Saturday for a new interview. And if you could share, leave a review and rating, that would be hugely appreciated. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Smitha and feel free to suggest new guests. Until next week.